In the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast, I'm Rob. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Uh, Happy New Year, friends and comrades. Uh, I I introduce uh, 2022 uh, with some good news. All of our preparation and training has paid dividends, drilling the basics over and over again, supplementing that with deep theory and scurrilous rumor. We achieved a big tactical victory near here this past weekend, and all of our guests today uh, were part of that. Uh, First, we have uh, Delaware Call community editor and friend of ours, Ray Krantz. Hello, Ray. Hello. Hi. Uh, We have uh, from the Wilmington NAACP, from the Delaware Democratic Party, uh, and just, uh, you know, man about town, uh, Kobe Owens. What's up? How are you? How are you? I'm doing great, man. And and also in the field that day uh, and on, as always, is our super producer, uh, Carl. Yeah. uh, How are you doing? Doing all right. Cool. Well, uh, before we get to the big, the crescendo, you know, the big moment, um, I want to recap um, the action first. Occupy Biden. Um, I was not tracking this super closely. Um, I had seen, I guess, sometime around Thanksgiving, um, the Twitter handle go up and that there was going to be some action here. And I guess I knew it was associated with Extinction Rebellion, I guess. Uh, and not till about a week beforehand when Kobe stopped over. Uh, to pick up something he had left in the studio, um, he told me that you know how big it was. It was definitely going down, and I st- we just started planning on like how we could promote it or give it some coverage. Um, Kobe, you want to talk about the coalition itself um, as much as you can, and, and sort of the 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 organizing bit of it, um, just so people get a sense of what goes into um, a plan like this. I mean, again. Activists occupied this field out in Barley Mill uh, for a week. They slept there. They set up tents. They ate there. They did actions there. Um, so it's a pretty significant undertaking, and I'd like you to kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, with an action like this, it, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of uh, different perspectives coming together to make sure it goes off without a hitch, and I think that's what we were able to do. Uh, we were able to bring a coalition of people who were Wilmington residents, Delaware residents, but also national. You know, we had people from over 13 different states join us um, and on our planning calls. And then they actually came out and supported in some way, somehow, whether it was just for a day or if they stayed out the entire time. Um, It was led by um, Extinction and Rebellion Delaware and WFP here. but we were able to bring in Sunrise, the local Sunrise chapter in Newark and UD. Uh, we were able to bring in the um, grandparents walk um, who took action in, in June um, and shut down the street, uh, Walnut Street outside of the Chase building, calling on Carper um, to do more. Um, and again, the, the whole reason we all came together was two main demands. So one was declare a climate emergency. Um, and with that, with a stroke of a pen, President Biden has um, the power to pretty much say that we're in a climate emergency and we need to address this with the same urgency that we're facing these once in a life um, climate incidents. But we're seeing it every other week just about. You have California is burning, you have tornadoes in, in Kentucky, 
Um, you have flooding in, in Southbridge. So, you know, really addressing um, where we're at and the fact that the U.S. is the number one polluter. Um, so we have a huge role in stopping this and turning this around. Um, and we have to do it within the next five years where we're going to be in a very bad position and we won't be able to reverse this. And then the second demand um, was to build back without fossil fuels. Uh, how can we transition to renewable energy? How can we become a more efficient community, a green community, um, and, and stop our reliance on fossil fuels and stop new projects from popping up as well, too? Um, so that that is the message that kind of brought us all together. And you have people from all different backgrounds. You have people who are single issue. They care about climate. That's all they care about. And you have people who cares about racial justice and understand that climate justice is racial justice because usually the people who are impacted the most are low-income minority communities, um, even though they have the least to contribute to the actual issue. Yeah, I mean... that. No, I was just going to say, that goes on up and down the state, too. It just reminded me, I mean, you mentioned um, the places around Wilmington that we're familiar with that take the brunt of it, like in Southbridge, that has the flooding, also has heavy industry, uh, history of heavy industry. Uh, I'm, I'm reaching out to people in Sussex, same thing. Um, they put the biogas plant in a, in a part of Seaford that's the poorest um, you know, immigrant part of Seaford, and again, those people are going to bear the brunt of whatever poison and whatever fucking chicanery they're doing there. So I think that is a, a, an important thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, and there is a, sorry, I want to oh, just give it, yeah, give attention to, there was an activist and I'm sorry, I don't remember the organization. Um, maybe Kobe can fill me in, but he was talking about how his org is down in um, those counties speaking to people who live in those neighborhoods who will be affected. And he said, you know, yes, yeah, some of some people um, don't speak English and don't know, that this is happening, that their water is going to be poisoned even further, that these effects are going to come. And um, so I'm glad that there's organizations. Um, I think it's like water action or, or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was, I, me as being someone who is not as maybe attuned to all the different organizations that are out there fighting this, it was really um, encouraging to go to the events throughout the week and like, hear from people who are very much on the ground all the time and just be encouraged by their activism and their constant, like, uh, just focus and attention and making sure people know people whose lives are being negatively impacted, know that those negative impacts are coming before they're just like planted on top of their homes. Yeah. I think the guy's name is Greg Layton. Um, he was quoted, we, we went, uh, the Delaware Call ran a story, Andrew Galvin wrote it, about sort of the back and forth of the sort of a news article on it, and um, he was quoted briefly, and I think it's called, what is it called, Food and Water Watch? Is that what you showed me, Carl? Food and Water Action. Food and Water Action, yeah, okay. I think that his, the email address was something a little bit different, but yeah, so that's some, we're, we're going to, I'm going to be speaking with him just to talk about the scene and, and what his work is, but uh, we're always looking about ways to integrate that stuff into the call, too, similar to what um, we did um, for the, the diaries for Occupy Biden. And I, again, I, I gave Rachel a shout out last night um, on a on a WFP call. I'm going to do it now, and I'm going to do it again when we when I talk to her uh, for the podcast. But um, uh, Rachel Gr uh, Gregoire, thank you, Carl. Um, <clears throat> 
uh, helped uh, plan this from WFP standpoint. She's the Green New Deal uh, coordinator, uh, so she's involved in all things sort of environment. Um, she really was able to find um, advocates and activists who were there occupying the site um, to write every day a different perspective of the things that happened that day and sort of organize that so we could put that uh, into the call. And I think that was extremely powerful. It kind of goes to what Kobe was saying and gave people sort of a taste of all of the different um, groups that were involved, all of that the – the reasons they were there, one uh, man described exactly what Kobe was saying. This requires executive action. People want to cry about, you know, uh, you know, a few senators or what's going on in the House of Representatives or what's this. Like, you can – the executive can take action. Now, it, it's, it's not without, you know, um, a fight sometimes, but it's perfectly legitimate to ask the executive um, to, to take this kind of action, I think. Uh, Ray, how many? So, well, well first, uh, Kobe, how many? Uh, how many days were you there, and how many nights did you did you stay there? Yeah, so I ended up not staying any nights. I would leave early, early in the morning, though. Uh, okay. I think this stage was like two, two thirty in the morning. Right. Um, but yeah, I was there pretty much every day except for New Year's Eve. Um, and again, you saw um, people pop up. Every single day, it was their first day. They wanted to learn more. We had people who pulled over and asked questions. We had people who pulled over to yell at us as well, too. Um, one lady pulled over to tell us that climate change isn't real um, and that this is all a government-manufactured um, ordeal we're dealing with. Um, this is Joe Biden's way of, of winning you know, the midterm. So um, the people who stopped by, we, we definitely had a range Um we had a youth day where you saw students from um, uh, Wilmington Friends come out in, in force. They had a great time. We had a teach-in where we just talked about, you know, different methods of, of solutions that we can introduce. Um, and again, like I said, this is a coalition. Um, I have the list in front of me now of a little more um, of our, our partners. It was Extinction Rebellion, Fridays for the Future of Delaware, Democratic Socialists of America, Working uh, the family or uh, Philly water protectors, um, sunrise youth movement, and then of course WFP. Yeah, incredible. And that's a shout out to to DSA too, because in that in that time when we were trying to figure out how to sort of promote this, um, I did talk to a few folks in the DSA and mentioned it, and they said, "No, no, we're involved in organizing that. We're going to be there." You know, so yeah, it was it was it was really um, cool to to, to 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 see the the coalition that was built and sort of everybody get involved. Um, Ray, how many, how many days, I know you were there the last day because we'll, we'll get to the, the big, uh, the big end, but, um, uh, yeah. What was your experience like? How many days were you there? Yeah, I, I, I was only there a couple of the days. Um, and I wanted to be there more, but you know, other, other life stuff or whatever. Um, but I'm, well, I'm both sad that we're going to have to continue to have these events whenever Biden's in town. Um, but also excited for um, future ones, maybe with like better weather that I can more more conceivably bring my kids to. I've got pretty young kids, so um, yeah, it would have been it would have been a terror for for them to be there with with the rain and stuff. But um, I'm definitely grateful to people who spent the night there, who were there every day. Um, I felt a little bit you know cheap, just like showing up for you know a few hours here and there, but. Uh, Every little bit counts, you know, like I think I think um, sometimes guilt like that 
can keep people away, right? It's like, oh, but other people are like doing more than me. And what good is my three hours? And like it, no, it is good. And it does make a difference. And even if you can only, you know, stop by for an hour or two and say hi and, and show your support, um, that can still be useful time. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think people understand that when they, or they used to anyway, when you see people out on strike or on some sort of picket, you know, you just bring them lunch, just bring them some water and be like, Hey, um, I, you know, I respect what you're doing, or I want to find out more about what your, uh, you know, what your work environment's like. It's the same for things like this. Um, you know, you stand in solidarity with people and show them that you're just doing that. And you took the time to, you know, talk to them or come to one of the events during the week. It is extremely important. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't diminish it, uh, at all. Anybody who, who stood in solidarity with people who are doing this kind of, this kind of action and, and these kind of activists for sure. So let's get to the, 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 the big final day. So I have to sort of tell it from my perspective and then let you guys, I, I want to find out sort of how this, how this hit. So, I had, and, and people may have heard um, last week's episode where I sort of, I, I, you know, I lamented the fact that if the occupation where, you know, there was dozens and dozens up to a hundred of people there a day, um, if it was, you know, different kinds of politics or different kinds of issues or had people like, you know, the lunatic fringe, the Lauren Witzkies and sort of the, the, the QAnon folks or whatever, if you had that kind of stuff, I think you'd have seen, you know, 24-7 coverage. Uh, but the News Journal did come out the last day on New Year's Day, and I was following on social media the reporter that was there. Well, I had gone out to my friend's place, you know, we, we drank some beers watching the football in the morning, and then he... He was drinking these beautiful mimosas, so I decided to have a few of those. And then uh, at halftime, I was like, do you want to smoke this joint? He definitely did want to, he wanted to do that. And then, you know, I got, I, so I came home around noon. Uh, I was drinking a bottle of wine, smoking a little bit more. And um, Nurse Susan, who's always, you know, as part of the bunker uh, syndicate, is always on guard, keen, watching what's happening, uh, comes downstairs and says, um, I think the president's coming to church in our neighborhood because the street's crawling with social uh, secret service. <laughs> and I said, uh, that's interesting because I had seen Ray tweet out that the presidential motorcade had come out but been turned around and, and, and diverted again, which had happened earlier in the week. Uh, and I think part of that was because you guys had marched from the occupation site to like the edge of the road there and tried to deliver messages directly to the house. So I said, yeah, funny enough, I think I know where it's going. I said, but I, I said, I would love to go out there and bird dog it, but like, I'm, I'm melting down. Like I wasn't in any kind of good shape. Like I didn't know what to do. I was just like, I can't do anything. Um, so I just left it at that. Like I, and I think I put something up on the Slack channel or something. About 20 minutes go by. Now the street's just crawling with federales and, and, and cops of all sort. Uh, and so this is definitely going down. Kobe calls and says, is this really going down? I was like, yeah. He's like, we'll be right over. So how, who, who received the message and how was it received like when you guys were like breaking down the, the, the encampment and how'd that go down? 
Um, I mean, I saw your, cause you replied to one of my tweets. So I saw that. And then I think I'd open the Slack too. And I just saw your comments and I just sort of said it out loud to whoever happened to be around like, Oh, guess he's going to, he's going to mass, you know, 4 PM Saturday mass. And then, uh, that was my contribution. <laughs> I wasn't it bad. And then, you know, yeah, 20 minutes later, Kobe's like, so you, you, are you coming? You coming with us to the church? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Let's do it. Yeah, I definitely, I, I when you said St. Anne's, I like took a second. I was like, oh, he's going to church. And then I was like, wait, that's right down the street. Um, and then, it, I don't know, for some reason, it didn't click. That's like you were right across the street, Rob, yeah. and that we would be able to get in if we're going to say, you know, we're hanging out with Rob. Um, not the suspicious, duh. You know, a bunch <laughs> of organizers in a house together. What could go yeah. wrong? Um, so, yeah, like we grabbed anyone we could um, who was willing to come in. Um, and, you know, we drove down immediately. Um, and, you know, we were able to, we got two of the signs up in time uh, for him to come out. It got some coverage on social media. It got some uh, one story. So, you know, I think it was a win. I think it was definitely needed. Again, you know, right now we're in a pivotal time. And I don't think anything's off limits. This is nonviolent civil disobedience. We, you know, we weren't saying anything negative. We were just saying, um, keep your campaign promises. You promised um, voters you were going to be able to deliver on this. Um, and especially for minority communities, they came out in record numbers to vote for you. Um, so make sure you don't forget about them um, when you're using your political capital to get things done. Yeah, once I heard you guys were on your way, because Carl called that and was like, I guess we're doing this, like, what's the setup? And I kind of got him to lay in the land, like, what was closed off and what was, like, I'm kind of doxing myself, but if you haters want to come here and fucking have it out with me, fucking turn up. <laughs> I'd love to have it out with you. Um, it's a federal line there. Ah, well, that's the that's the. I that's, think it's it was temporary federal. Yeah, it was some so. bullshit. That was some bullshit. It was like one of those things where like the border's actually anywhere. The border, it like somehow they've 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 made the border everywhere. Everywhere is yeah. the border. You know. So to to fill in the listeners, so we're we're on the sidewalk in front of the church, in between the church and Rob's house. And the cops well, talking to and, us. And, and be, then... be clear, we're across the street. We're right not even on. We're across, so we're not on the oh, same block. Oh, oh, we're well, on the same right. block, but we're across the street. We're across the street on the sidewalk. Yeah. So the cop comes, and some high-ranking police officer person looks like I don't know. Um, and they tell us, okay, right now you're in the city of Wilmington, but, and then they point to like, so first of all, this sidewalk is very uneven, and one block of the sidewalk has like a crack running down the middle, but the two on like other side don't. And so they point to like the crack in one block of the sidewalk and it's like, okay, on that side, you're in the city of Wilmington. But if you come to this side, you're in the federal zone. And then the secret service is going to like take you in. So don't cross this line. And it was, yeah, just completely arbitrary. Like, absolutely. So, so yeah, nurse Susan came over. She's like, well, well, first of all, of course I have to make it a thing. So I do the thing where I'm like, well, that works both ways. Don't fucking come on my side. You stay on your side. Then like I start doing that move. And then Susan comes over and goes, is that even, I don't think that's a thing. That doesn't sound right. But yeah, I mean, the, the issue really was before, once I realized you guys were coming and so now i know it's going to be something's going to go down in some fashion so now i'm getting hyped i went from like almost feeling like i was going to pass out to feeling like 
I'm like, I got a second wind. Like I could run a marathon. And so I go and sit outside on my step and I'm smoking my pipe and I'm drinking wine out of this, like, <laughs> on this weird glasses. My, my in-laws got us. It's just this weird wine glasses. And so I'm just sitting on my step. So I, you know, I guess I look suspicious. I don't know. And so the Secret Service guy who was right across the street walked across the street to stand, like, on our side of the street facing me, like, across the sidewalk. Well, we have, like, there's a little library out there. And the guy's crossing the street. Nurse Susan runs down and says, oh, oh. She's like, I thought the Secret Service guy was coming over to use the little library. He's just coming over to watch you. So, yeah, so that guy was already kind of, like... He 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 saw me as like a problem. I was in a vector. I was in a problem vector, for sure. Cause then, yeah. Cause then once the street closed, you know, they pull up like a huge black bus that has probably the SWAT team, SEAL Team Six in it. Then oh, with a, the dome on top. Well, then the other big bus was was probably some sort of communication center. And I'm thinking, you know, this this eight, eight, almost 80 year old guy shuffles in the church. He almost fell down. He could have broke his hip. But we're spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure nobody clips him in 40 acres. Um, but it was, yeah. I mean, and then you guys, it was great because you guys got the two flags up, the two banners up. And I went inside. You know, it's just a, it's just a row house. So I was going to look uh, from the second floor window, but it's right on the sidewalk. And when I peeked out the window, I knew that the Secret Service guy was going to look up and be like, not be happy that I opened the second floor window. Because I, I was originally going to like say something funny, but then I was like, that's not funny. Um, so so I just so I just opened the window and I was like, don't shoot, I'm unarmed. I'm just like I was fucking with the guy. Come to find out later, the guy was like, Susan was like, what do you think about that? He was like, I can't tell him not to do it, but I'd rather he didn't. And I'm like, well, I'll keep it open then. So, yeah, I mean, you got, you got the signs out. You got, like, it was, just, it was just beautiful because all during the week when the president finally came home, it was like a little bit of a cat and mouse game. And, again, it's, 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 not a, it's not a fair cat and mouse game because you're only allowed to go where you're going to go, and they'll take him wherever. I mean, they, have, they, could, they could chopper him out. So it's like it's, it's this cat and mouse game that we're always going to lose. So it was fun to be able to be like, actually, we got him. So we were able he – was, he was literally, uh, you know, 20 yards away. You have two big placards, and we're screaming at him from across the street. So – you know, maybe he was maybe he was left in the dark. Maybe he wasn't all of the time where they're you know avoiding all of this and sort of doing that. But you know, I feel like a little bit that we got some satisfaction about being able to yell at him to his face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let me let me share the the other cat and mouse stories. So the one night I went out, um, it was when we we got word that he was coming back from Rehoboth Beach. Um, and so our plan was to, you know, be there on the side of the road with our signs. Um, and cut, then, you know, we, so we're out there for, you know, hour or whatever, kind of waiting and then come to, you know, realize he had gone the long way around. Like at one point we saw, you know, all the flashing lights down by the, the one intersection. Um, but then motorcade never came past us. We're like, oh, they went around the long way to, to avoid yeah. us. That makes sense. Um, and then, um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. So then the action on Saturday, we, um, we of course, marched down. Of course, Secret Service, not only would they not let us by the checkpoint, which was expected, they wouldn't, you know, even accept, like, a message. And I don't know. It's just, like, funny, stupid red tape, right? They're like, we don't have any access to the president. We're like, okay, come on. You're telling... 
we don't lie, right? Like, don't lie. We know that you have some staff person's phone number. Like, it's not like you have no ability to contact the president's team at all. So, but whatever, bureaucratic stuff, it makes sense. Um, so, and then while we're there, yeah. So while we're right in front of the checkpoint to um, the, of the road that lead, the part of the road that actually leads to his house, the press bus pulls up behind us. Um, so we kind of shift off the road to make room, but then the press bus just turns around. We were like, oh, he's going the long way again. He must be like coming or going, right? We don't know what's happening, but we know something's happening and he's going around the long way again. Um, so we finish our action there at the checkpoint. We go back to the campsite and start breaking down all the tents. And then the motorcade starts coming by just this long line of black cards. And Kobe's like, motorcade, motorcade, motorcade. So we'd already, you know, folded up the signs. A couple of us like quick grabbed a random sign and like ran to the side of the road and unfurled it. But by that point, it was like the last two cards of the motorcade and who knows which one he was in. Um, so then that was sort of the end, right? Where we started to feel like, okay, well, you know, we tried, at least we were here, at least he had to go around us. Right. So maybe someone told him like, Hey, we're going the long way because these protesters are out there about, you know, environment stuff. That's important. My man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I doubt they said why we were out there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, so we broke everything down. We broke down the big tent, all the pop-up tents, tables, mm -hmm. chairs, and then he had the nerve to drive by. Um, so, like, we just all grabbed any sign. I, I, don't even, I don't even think I looked at the sign that I held up <laughs> in, in the moment. Um, but what was real interesting was when um, we were at the checkpoint and the press bus. Now, this is a, a nice-sized press bus. It can fit about 30 people on it. So it's a nice size. It's a two-lane road, right? So it's not very easy to turn around. The Secret Service got that bus turned around and out of there so quick. I've never mm. seen a bus make a U-turn that quick and not mm. hit anyone um, mm. or anything. They got the press out of there immediately. And, yeah, they did, like, a three- or five-point turn from behind us. They didn't even let them. It would have made sense for them to just drive around to do the U-turn because there's plenty of room at the checkpoint, right? But, no, yeah, they made them. You're right. I didn't even notice that before. They got them out without even letting them go past us. Yeah, because uh, now, I mean, I don't know who was on the bus. I have to imagine that the, the, the press pool that gets sent with the president on a holiday is like, you know, not. But, but like, if you're a regular press person, if, if you pull, if, you're, if I'm on a press bus and we're pulling past and I didn't expect to see, you know, 50 people standing in this intersection yelling at the president with all these cops, I'm saying I'm getting off the bus. Like, I'm going to talk to, like, I'm going to get, figure out what's, what's up. Like, if they don't know. But, yeah, if, you, if you're like, yeah, you can't get off the bus, we're going to turn it around real quick. We're not letting you off. Like, that, that move, I'm sure, I'm sure that kind of stuff is done. Yeah, there was writers there, uh, from the just from the tweets alone that I saw from the AP, Politico, um, um, CNN, MSNBC, um, were some of the people who were on the bus who tweeted out asking, you know, what was going on. Fake um, news. Fake even news. took a, a picture and everything. So yeah, um, it was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I am glad that. Um... That it really did get a little, you know, it got the news journal did cover the last day of it. I think it was in uh, on Delaware Public Media as well. Uh, a couple of different places picked up a few of the stories that we ran in the call. Uh, Popular Resistance, which is like a, a sort of an or, a national organizing and advocacy group, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad for all of that because the only thing you can hope for is sort of like eyeballs, cause a little problem, get people sort of like get, get, the, get the idea out in the, in the world at this point um, because that's, you know, that's where we're at. And when you make a little bit of a stink and you kind of, you know, you, well, I make a fool of myself. You guys, you know, do what you do. But I, I, yeah, I just think it's 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 hugely important, and I think it was a it was a it was a big success. Um, I like I said, I can't wait to get Rachel in here and, and maybe some other people who um, who participated um, just to talk about their experience too, because I I, I think it was a I, it was one of the most organized things. I mean, Kobe, that's what I was going to just wrap up the, the the action part of it. Like I know how much work went into the big march that we that you did. Uh, after, for BLM after the viol- after the one that was more violent and kind of like blew up a little bit, and that was but that was like a one evening that was a block of time like that was a lot of people but it was in one space in a block of time. This seemed like logistically it went off pretty well considering like people were just sleeping in tents and in their cars on like out in Center Road out out that way. It was just seemed you know what I mean like when you when you live around here you're like people were camping out there. <laughs> seems a little strange yeah so it was in my mind it was a lot easier to organize the the first few days right the sleeping outside the coordinating of the food um shout out to uh, seeds of peace uh who kept us fed breakfast lunch and dinner um that was the easy part it was the last day which we really did not start planning until we were all there on the ground together because it's just easier to plan something like that when you're face-to-face um, and making sure, one, the action was nonviolent, um, and making sure everyone made it home safe, right? So um, there's no sidewalks back there. Um, so we had to plan for cars who were coming, people who um, necessarily did not agree with, you know, what we were out there for, who may get riled up and, and try to hit someone. Or um, Luckily, that didn't happen. We got a, a few middle fingers, um, but I'll take that all day long, right? Um, and it was people who were pissed off because we delayed them by two, three minutes from getting back to their nice, cozy houses. Um, so that's that's, fine that's, a su- if- that's a success. Yeah, that's a success. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and again, like the the last day, I think was you had people who had only come out one or two days prior who wanted to be out there with us again. And because we did something on a Saturday, and again, we did this during a week of everyone resting. Um, this is the holiday times. You're off from work. You're you're supposed to be home chilling, and people were willing to sacrifice their time with their friends, their family, um, their downtime to come out and join us. So I'm grateful for everyone who did. Um, but we, you know, we were able to do that from Christmas at noon, um, and I think we broke everything down maybe around like four on uh new year day yeah fantastic it was just a just a, because that it, it it's also what i you know i always say it, it's also uh sort of uh shows people a proof of concept like if you do that we could do that again in some fashion do you know what i mean if you if you can do this event if you can if you can do this you can do other stuff so you're sort of you're you're sort of proving the proving the concept love it so before we uh, go, I want to promote something that is important. Um, I know um, actually Ray and uh, uh, brought uh, her kid too to um, the press conference that 
uh, Kobe and the NAACP and uh, the law firm did with uh, Lamont Moses' family uh, a few weeks ago um, when, you know, the, the AG's office uh, announced the independent findings and their concurrence with them that the officers that murdered Lamont Moses will not be charged with anything. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a movement for justice, whatever that is. So justice for Lamont Moses continues. Um, you probably read about uh, the steps that are going to be taken um, civilly. Um, NAACP is, is obviously involved in that. And there's also going to be an action um, on the Thursday the 13th. Um, Kobe, will give, Kobe, can you sort of talk about the NAACP's role, what the situation is now, and give some information on the action and the demands? Yeah, so, um, you know, when the AG's office released a report, how it goes is they talk to the officers first, um, and then they bring in the family of the individual harmed, um, whether they're fatal or not. So... Um, the NAACP joined the family and the law firm um, and, and went to go talk to the AG's office about the findings in a report um, and review the video one last time, the full, unedited, uncut video. Um, not the video that was you know, presented by Newcastle County Police that had a narrator and, you know, nice graphics and that stuff. So sitting in that, um, got very emotional, especially for me. Um, Lamont's daughter, who is about nine months old now, um, was in that meeting. And, you know, when she turned around and looked at me, it just, it weighed heavy on me because she's never going to know her father, right? Because of the actions of these officers. And pretty much what we were told were, even though these officers um, may not have been Wilmington police officers, because they were acting in their capacity as officers, um, and because one officer assumed um, that another officer was in harm's way, it justified the shooting, um, and that they wouldn't bring criminal charges to it. Now, that's because our use of force policy had not been changed during that time. Mind you, this happened in January, January 13, 2021. We asked for the use of force policy to be changed in June 2020, but we had cowards who held it up, like Frank Cook, non-neutral culture, who held this up in order to appease to the FOP. So in my life, in my eyes, Lamont's blood is also on their hands because what happened was cold-blooded murder. And what we're going to be doing on January 13th is coming together as a unified community um, and, and working together with the family, standing in solidarity with the family to say that we're still going to be seeking justice. Now, while we may not be going to criminal court, we're still pushing the civil court and we're still calling on the DOJ, the federal DOJ, to come in and investigate this. And it's two things we want them to investigate. We want them to investigate the Lamont Moses case individually. But we also want them to investigate the patterns of practice of the Newcastle County Police. This is not the first time an incident like this has happened. These officers, and it says this in a report, these officers broke their own departmental policy multiple times. 
the officers, to break it down even more, there was three officers. One officer did not fire. That officer was interviewed the, the day the shooting took place, on January 13th. The other two officers that did fire shots had time to review their body-worn camera and were not interviewed officially until 16 days later. That is a huge issue. And that's why so many people want Leobard to change. Um, so even in the report, the law firm that looked at it, they made recommendations through the 21st century um, policing strategies, which is Charles Ramsey's group, um, who was hired on by the Wilmington Police under the Williams administration. They even made the recommendations that we're talking about, that one misconduct record should be public and that they should update their policies so things like this shouldn't happen. Now, we have the white pages on Newcastle County's um, website that clearly states that officers are prohibited from shooting at a moving car unless the officer themselves or someone is in immediate danger. In the report, and it has pictures in the report that shows the movement of the car, it is very clear that Lamont is driving to the left of everyone. And it's not until after he was fatally shot in the head that he lost control of the car and the car slammed into an officer, uh, uh, the SUV. But it was not after, it was not until after the shots had already been fired. So that's why so many people want to come together and do something. Now, the 13th is the anniversary of his murder. And the family are calling on people to join them. But we're not going to stop just on the 13th. We're going to keep this going for as long as it needs to so that we get accountability for Lamont and we get justice for his family. Thanks, man. I mean, look, folks, uh, here's, uh, there's, 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 there's someone who'd seen the raw audio or, and the raw video. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I... I I, I couldn't, um, but I'll be out there on the 13th uh, because we we need to, but you I mean, for me, it needs to go further. You know, I'm, I'm now <clears throat> has, has the change that's been uh, about the thought, what's, what's in the officer's mind, you know, at the time of this shit, has that been, is that change implemented? That was a Marie Pinckney change. Is that right? Yeah, so that was uh, SB 147 was changed our use of force policy from subjective to more objective. Right. Um, so, it, you know, it, it changes pretty much if it doesn't meet the requirement for the necessary use of force, then you will be held accountable for your action. Okay, so that's that's something. And and really, I my my goal would be to push this to where we we make serious serious inroads with Leobor reform up to up to repeal. I mean, I I I don't see I don't I, I it serves no purpose, no good purpose I can think of. Um, and I, I think at some point we have to say enough is enough. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, we had Lakeisha in here. I've seen what's been released sort of publicly. You know, whatever. Um, I can't imagine seeing sort of the the full scenario play itself out. But we have to we have to just say enough is enough. So 
I, I hope everyone will uh, will consider. I know it's sort of a, the anniversary falls on a sort of a work day, um, but I, I hope everybody can find their way out um, to stand in solidarity with us on the 13th. Ray, I wish you could say something to wrap this up that it wouldn't be so like somber as we as we as we wrap up. You have to like what did what is there a good story? Can you tell a story about like a like cuz Christmas is for kids and you have kids. And so is there a fun like did somebody get the thing that they wanted and they just went crazy? Did somebody like is there a funny story about something breaking or a a, a cousin and a sibling having a fist fight over a tennis racket or or you know Tell, oh, us a good, tell us a good holiday. <laughs> tell us a good holiday story to wrap up. Uh, I mean, just I don't have a good story. I want to bring the but little little moments I can share. Bring the expectations down. Uh, a couple little moments. One is my my five year old is obsessed with Banjo Kazooie, which is a '90s Nintendo video game that I had nostalgia about. And when COVID first hit, I downloaded it to play every evening with him watching me play as a bit of, you know, a thing to do in the day. So he's, he's now hardcore Banjo-Kazooie fan. Anyway, so he got a Banjo and Kazooie plushie for Christmas. And when he opened the box, he just giggled. <laughs> he just giggled. And then that was the rest of the day, right? Just jumping around couches, you know, flying with Kazooie, doing totally lost in his imagination. Um, and then my, my two-year-old loves coats and jackets and Minnie Mouse. And um, one of her aunts gave her a Minnie Mouse jacket. And she's worn that, I think, all but like the two days since because we had to wash it. Uh, so sleeps in it. Love it. It's just on all the time. That's fantastic. Um, but can I say something else too? I don't know if this counts as ending on a positive note or or what. I think it does. Um I really, I really loved seeing um, Lakeisha Nix come out to the the climate protest as well, um, and of course, you know, talk on how it's all intersected, right? Climate justice is racial justice, and and the reasons that go into that. And then I saw a, just a random tweet today about how you know related to like COVID stuff is like, oh, this time around, even though that you know numbers are going up they, they being just like governmental powers, whatever, they're not shutting things down, right? Because what happened the last time they shut things down, there were nationwide protests for months and months and months because people realized, oh, we have time to organize now. And so they're afraid of us, right? They're afraid of solidarity and they know the power that we have when we join together and fight for our rights to live and breathe as humans with clean air and clean water and, you know, food grown in dirt that was not you know poisoned and so we're we're in it and we're together and we're united and we're gonna keep working that is the pot I, I think that's the most positive note said it before fred hampton said it too we're only going to beat it with solidarity well thanks everybody thank you ray thank you kobe thank you carl everyone i hope to see you all uh out standing in solidarity with us on the 13th Left is best.